Hello and welcome to Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer, not just for Louisiana, but for the entire northern Gulf Coast. And now, introducing your host, Alan DeRitter. and welcome back to Monday Night Football, you voice for youth soccer. I'm Coach Alan DeRitter, and uh, we always start off our show with a prayer. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. So God, thanks for letting us uh, really dodge some uh, tropical bullets uh, this week. Pray that uh, we'll continue to be spared from hurricanes and harm from them, and uh, pray for everybody who's really just struggling with COVID right now, that um, that uh, we can find a cure as soon as possible uh, and a vaccine even sooner, hopefully. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Okay, so we were on last week, and I was going to have um, uh, LSA come on and, and talk to you all directly about what uh, what is the latest. Well, while we were on the air or recording this show, the governor came on and basically said we're going to go on phase two now to August 7th. Okay, Um and, and for good reason. I mean, the stats are strong. And uh, um, Mr. Reynolds at LSA uh, put out a really good memo to all of us club directors and um, uh, in, in defense of, of, of following the edict, you know. Uh, although there's there, there are people playing baseball everywhere, everywhere, you know. Um, but look. L.A., Louisiana is second in the nation behind New York, okay, per capita, all right? We are seventh in the country per capita. The capita is 100,000, all right? Uh, and we're sixth in the number of cases last week, okay? Louisiana is on the White House Task Force, eight, forces 18 red zones, okay? All of us in the South are, you know? Uh, they're... And there's a good reason why. Yeah, I went to a wedding this weekend, okay? Um, during church, out of respect for the priest's requests, everybody had their masks on, which I'm, I'm, I'm glad about that. But uh, but at the reception, <laughs> uh, it was like nothing, there was nothing out there. Like everybody was dancing and getting loud and and uh, and acting as if the, the virus was no big deal, you know? Uh, and the main thing is uh, uh, that the, the state reported is that 95% of all the new cases are coming from community spread. That means large gatherings, okay? Uh, parties, um, things of that nature, okay? Uh, so LSA is going to follow the rules, okay? We're going to stay in phase two until we're out of phase two. We can't play tournaments and and everything until we're in phase four, okay? Uh, although the tournament applications keep coming in, and, uh, and I think everybody thinks that we're going to be in phase four soon. Um, I'm not as optimistic, you know? And uh, 35% of the cases, y'all, are people younger than 29, Okay, that's that's our that's our group, you know. Anyway, um, one thing I really am in agreement with with um, with LSA is is the fact that it is for the youth. Okay, and uh, kids are wa kids watch everything, kids notice everything, kids pick up on everything. Okay, that's why all of you 
uh, people here who cheat and teach cheating, okay? The implications of that are, are serious. Once you teach a kid, okay, it's okay to, for gamesmanship was what we call it, you know? It's okay to pull a jersey here. I mean, it's just, that's what everybody does. Everybody's doing it, okay? Sound familiar to criminal uh, talk, you know? Uh so I'm not going to teach my kids that some rules are okay to follow and some rules aren't, okay? Uh, um, I'm going to pay to Caesar what's Caesar's, okay? I live in Louisiana. This is the law. It's it's not a law that's oppressing anybody, okay? Uh, everybody feels like it's oppressing free speech. I look at it more like uh, I'm trying to show respect for the people who are um, – uh, at risk by by having the inconvenience. And man, it's an inconvenience now. I ain't going to lie about that. I hate wearing them, okay? But I'm going to wear them because it's not about me, okay? Um, um, it, it's, 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 it's about respecting the people around you. And when kids are looking and they say me, like, okay, I'm going to start teaching next week, okay? If I'm not wearing my mask when I should be, uh, what does that tell them? And then what are they going to do, okay? And so... Uh, you know, our school at Dulles Howe, we're going to be really strict about all the social distancing rules and the masking rules, you know, to a T. I'm sure every school is going to be doing that, okay? And and rightly so, uh, you know, uh, we have no idea who these kids are going to be coming in contact with, number one. But number two, again, you want to be teaching morals and values that want to, you want these kids to replicate, okay? And, and so uh, it's kind of like... Uh, uh, a smoker telling his kid, don't smoke <laughs> while he's puffing on a cigarette, you know? So so we can't ignore the rules, okay? Uh, now, kids talk. I'm not going to spread rumors on the radio, um, but kids do talk, and there are coaches out there who are not socially distancing and who are scrimmaging, okay? And and uh, I'm, well, I'm not talking about other teams, but themselves, which that's a common way to practice, you know, 5v5, 6v6. We're not supposed to be doing that in phase two right now. That's not supposed to be going on. Okay. You can come film my sessions uh, at De La Salle and you're going to see that uh, we're just working on skills, working on skills, uh, working on skills. Okay. Um, I've actually um, become a better coach because of it, I think, anyhow. So um, we've been tooting this horn now for for quite a while right now, but it, but I think it's uh, LSA when when they they said that in their letter that you know uh, I'll quote them uh, these teams that are playing right now uh, he says they are also teaching our children that they can pick and choose if and when to obey public health proclamations and that personal desire is more important than public good wow okay. Uh, um, and so uh, there you have it, all right? So if, if you're going to cheat, okay, uh, who knows who's going to suffer for that, you know? But just know that, you know, you're building blocks out there that other people are watching, okay? If you're an older player, uh, younger players are watching you. You know, if you ignore all the rules and everything, I, you expect them to follow them when nobody's watching, you know? So uh, that that's that's going to do it now until August 7th. We're going to still be in phase two August 7th. I won't be surprised. I live in New Orleans. This is being taped in New Orleans. We're back to phase 1.5. Okay. And after what I saw this weekend, uh, I, I, I don't, I don't think it's going to change because a lot of people have just made it, made it, made up their minds that, and this is no big deal. It's, it's a cold. 
Okay, and uh, people need to get over it and let the weaker people die. It's like, how callous is that for an attitude, you know? Um, I'm just saying, okay? Um, other news about COVID and, and, and Louisiana club soccer is um, is that uh, the U19 players who got cheated out of their last season, uh, I'd say cheated tongue-in-cheek, uh, they're going to be allowed to come back, okay? U.S. youth soccer is going to allow U20, okay, uh, to be on the U, it was the U19, U20 age group. They they can't uh, they can't play for regional and Presidents Cup and uh, like, uh, but they can play they can play around the state, okay? And I don't know if the state is going to have a U20. Uh, um, T20 bracket. The, uh, LSA said they've only had two requests for 20-year-old U20 players. So I don't know what's going to happen here, but it's just nice to know that they're they're going to be able to play. Okay, and and really the difference between a 19 and a 20-year-old is is a bit okay. Uh, people can people can um, uh, grow a lot in that one year. So, uh, but I think they can handle playing each other in the same age in brackets. I don't think anybody would argue with me there. Okay. If anything, in high school, we, we got people on the field and four different age groups at the same time. All right. Which, <laughs> uh, is that safe? You know, so other news, uh, the AGM isn't going to happen. Okay. We were going to have the AGM, uh, as scheduled until this this came out. Now, if we were to go into phase three, we could have easily had had uh, our our AGM, okay, uh, on August sixteenth. Um, it would be uh, it would be kind of brass for LSA to continue to have it scheduled for the sixteenth. And I think their thinking is like mine too. Is like if we're not going to be out of phase two to August seventh at the earliest, how in the world are we going to be, you know? Um, out of the woods, you know, and so um, they're not going to have it. They don't know what they're going to do. They sent out, they sent out a survey um, that um, we can still have it on August sixteenth, which is about the right time you need to have it, okay? Uh, and we could do it virtually, which which lacks a lot. Uh, uh, or we can um, or we can have one next month in September, and and so that that's that's where that's. Um, um, going right now with the AGM. So we're, we're still on the pause button. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry to report that. And, and, uh, I'm sorry to bear bad news. I think all y'all pretty much aware of the, of the news. Um, so, uh, let us know what you think on Monday night football's Facebook page or Twitter page at, at MNFUTBOL. We're going to take a little break and when we come back, I want to talk about something positive that happened this week in soccer, uh, with the LHSAA. So this is Coach Twitter. We'll see you after the break. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Monday Night Football. Your voice for youth soccer. Again, I'm Coach Alan Dritter. I'm the head coach at Dulles Howe, and also for um, for um, Soccer Innovations of America, I'm the director of coaching. And uh, this week, anyway, uh, we had one positive. Uh, one thing that's good about COVID is that I think a lot of people in the education world discovered the Zoom and Google Meet, okay, which I don't don't get excited about holding classes in that in that venue, but 
uh, it, it, it provides free and easy um, uh, access for everyone to, to, to make contact with everyone, okay? It's really an awesome thing. And, and so we usually have our state convention. Our state convention is always not well attended, okay? Uh, uh, but we probably doubled. I don't know how many coaches actually attended um, what, the, what the real number is, but I got to believe many more coaches were affected by the uh, coaches' uh, convention this year than last year, okay? In the years past, altogether, really, um, they had speakers for every sport, and not just speakers, but real speakers, you know, people who could uh, – Really have some people have something to say and something that, that we can learn. I do, I learned a lot. Okay, um, uh, I attended. I could only attend two sessions. Unfortunately, I, I didn't want to miss Ryan Lazaros. Okay, he's been on the show many a times, but I heard it was good. And that they had a goalkeeper coach um, uh, as well. And uh, but. I can access it, okay, when I can, when I have some free time, which I don't know if that's coming anytime soon because you ought to see what we're having to do as teachers to get ready for this um, these flex schedules that we're going to be dealing with. Anyway, um, anyway, look, I, I was able to, t to listen to Jeff Kenny's uh, talk. Uh, he's the head coach at UAB, and um, he talked about his standards and his – culture and you know you don't I don't know if I necessarily uh would do the things that he's doing but w when you hear a good idea it gets you to be think it gets you to think and if you're going to reject a good idea you better have a good one to uh to go to and uh that that's the value of, of attending a clinic I think clinics are powerful and uh, if you learn one thing from the clinic, uh, you have not wasted your time, okay? And remember, as coaches, when you throw improving, you're through, you know? Um, so he, he anyway, um, gave us how his program was going. And one thing that was refreshing to hear from him was that they have a high value uh, on Louisiana's top flight, okay? I, I wish all of you kids here could have heard um, – what he thinks about Louisiana talent and then the talent that he recruits. Okay. Uh, uh, a lot of kids think they can go to like, they think about UAB and schools like UAB, like a, like a youngster would, would think about UAB as a football school was well, a football school. They're, they're teeny tiny, but as a soccer school, they're legit. Okay. And, uh, uh, this guy's not going to come all the way to Louisiana to watch a game unless he's thoroughly convinced that this player could probably play here at uh, at his institution, and and the guys on his list, you better be a uh, you better be at least on the all state team. Let's put it that way, okay? Uh, you you better be on the first team, and you better really have been a somebody that uh that was considered for MVP honors. All right, to go to a UAB level, and and I think it would have been good for you kids that are listening to me right now. You have been good for you to hear that because it's not like you just uh, drive up to Birmingham, show up, I'm here, <laughs> you know, uh, and so send film. He also talked about that film is film is film, and like who's got time to look at all that film? And uh, his assistant coaches maybe can, and uh, so he's not real big on film. He wants to see you in person, and uh, that's why they have all these uh, camps. And he's having one in Baton Rouge. So that's how much he thinks about about um, 
Louisiana soccer. I'm hopefully going to have him on the show in the next couple of weeks, so I'm not going to steal his, his thunder. But I did appreciate uh, what he had to say and and appreciated also that he wants to be on this show. Like uh, Their budgets are, are zero, and so they can't really um, spend that much money on advertising and, and, and the things that football coaches can do, you know, just jet-setting around the country uh, doing recruiting. So anyhow, uh, uh, it's not that they're not interested in Louisiana uh, products. We just uh, – we, we, we have to do a better job of – like I have to do a better job of my show getting the word out. He had never heard of the show. Now that he has, he wants to be on it. And and uh, and we – so I need to do a better job of promoting things. And, of course, we can all, also – I think we've gotten a lot better – at uh, not just a lot better, exponentially better about how we promote and uh, our high our high school all star teams and things of that nature. Okay, so uh, it, it, I, as a Louisiana player, be encouraged that you'll be taken seriously, but also be realistic that some of the choices that you, that you're making you might not have a chance for. Okay, it doesn't mean that you can't find a school that you can play in. I mean, I'm, I remember. Uh, sending a bench player of mine to a pretty nice Jesuit school, uh, and he wound up being the captain four years later. But he never saw the field as a starter for me. So, you know, there is there if you're willing to to travel, and in many cases really travel, like Minnesota, like traveling. Th- th- there's a lot of programs out there that you can go play in. Okay, and uh, anyhow, uh, Coach Kenny kind of kind of dropped that that reality check on us, which I thought was very, very refreshing. Okay. Um, the, I also attended Brian Lee's talk. He used to be the coach at LSU and he's been on our show a few times. And, uh, especially when we were live on the radio and, uh, uh, he was phenomenal, probably the best clinic I've ever gone to. Okay. It, it was one of those clinics where, well, he does it this way. Uh, I'm not going to do it this way, and I better have a good reason for not wanting to do it this way because this way is a really cool idea, okay? He kind of flipped uh, – uh, if this was TV, I could show you. Uh, on radio, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this very clear, but usually um, on, a, on a chalkboard, uh, we coach kind of north to south, you know, like we put the goal on – we put a goal on the top of the the board and a goal on the bottom and call a, people on the left are on the left, people on the right on the right. And, and so that way there's no confusion. And so we usually dice the field up into thirds, and, um, which is important. I think it's vital uh, if, for coaches and players to understand there's different mentalities in every third of the field, defending third, middle third, and attacking third. And, and that's how I've always coached, you know. But uh, he developed a, a vocabulary just in the way he was talking to us that that was like a eureka moment for me because, uh, you know, if you tell the kids to play wide, they go to the touch lines, but they have no idea how to play wide within them, okay? And, and so it's an accomplishment some years if I can get kids to play on the wings, Okay, and stay there because uh, look, and I watched a lot of this. I watched every state championship game. I was, uh, I would use the word appalled by the fact that still teams get crowded in. 
Okay, uh, why would you want to do that offensively? Why would you want to make the field smaller? All right, uh, why would your outside left, whatever you want to call them, halfback, wing, um, midfielder, forward, um, why would you put him at midfield or her at midfield, you know, uh, when the ball's already on the right, all right, uh, and, and just squishing the team together. I think you really got to get it, get get wide. I don't think anybody can argue that point, but but um, kids included, players included, they're not going to say, well, that's a stupid idea. They all agree, yeah, it's a good idea. We need to get wide. But when it comes down to, to doing it, they, they just have this itch to want to chase the ball and follow the ball. And um, so... I've been satisfied for a long time just if I can get people to stay wide during real gameplay that's stressful, uh, I've accomplished a lot. And and then he basically talks talks in, in a vocabulary of channels for, for the most part. He, he divides the field up um, into five zones, north and south, okay? And, and that is a way... To maybe I think I'm gonna I'm gonna try it out. I don't know if it's gonna work or not, but it's kind of a way to to get the kids to feel like I used to call that a lane. Like the uh, you have that middle zone, which is basically just imagine that being goalpost to goalpost. Um, okay, that's where everybody wants to be, right around there, and that's where all the goals are scored. You know, so everybody kind of like vacillates there, and I keep trying, especially getting fullbacks to come up that that outer lane. I don't want them to go. I don't want my fullback out the, out on the touchline unless somebody. Unless somebody from the outside is is uh, pinched in and they've switched, okay. So, uh, if I could draw lines, you have your touch lines, okay. But then you draw a line from the edges of the penalty box, then draw a line, okay. Uh, um, like so, so that would be the the out. That we call that he calls that the wing, okay. Everything from from the um, penalty box on out. But then he creates a, a, another half of the field. He um, uh, which a lot of coaches do this now, but it's like he's developed a vocabulary of doing it, you know, uh, letting people know that this is where he wants you to play, okay? And, call, and if he calls you a halfback, he's not call, he's not referring to the person as uh, as um, as I mean, we used to use the word halfback, for example, like a halfback was between the forwards and the fullbacks. And and another thing that's really good too is is with this kind of organization, okay, uh, when instead of chopping the field into two halves, now we've got two halves that are <laughs> that that are going north to south instead of just half the field, and uh, and it's going to be tricky uh, to still teach the fundamentals of of you know defensive third, middle third, and attacking third, you know, but. Uh, Having a name for that lane, uh, like with using a position, and maybe I'm uneducated. I've never heard anybody do that before. Okay, call somebody a left halfback. Okay, uh, but what you mean by that is that he might be what you and I might be calling um, um, a center midfielder. Okay, uh, so like if he if he's going to play with five midfielders, okay, we'd probably call. Two of those midfielders, or one of those midfielders, an attacking mid, and and the others defending center mids. Okay, and but what he does is he but he, he wants this kid to be responsible for this lane of of the pitch. Okay, so there's a left half and a right half, and then there's a middle, and uh, uh, 
if you're exploiting all of those lanes, okay, all game long, all right, um, on the attack, uh, then the def the defense is in, has got a problem, okay. So if you have your wing, okay, the widest person in that half area, and then the fullbacks don't have to stretch themselves out. Everybody knows that. So that's why you want to put a person wide on the touchline. But but here here's the problem for these fullbacks. If you have a person wide on the touchline and then a person in that in that lane that's uh that's next to it, okay, the the half field that's next to it, you can't defend that with one person. You're going to have to loosen up with two or you're going to have to loosen up, um, not play as tight with that one player. It, it creates havoc on the backside and a ball can get to the backside quite quickly. So um, it's, it's hard to communicate that. Some of you coaches in here might be easy for you to communicate that, you know, uh, uh, that, that really we want to attack that lane. Okay. I always call that the lane, you know, um, uh, that is especially with fullbacks play, players defend the way they attack too. they're chasing the ball. And, and so what winds up happening is, is that that lane or that half of the field is usually wide open when you have a full, a, a, a person he calls it a wing. I used to call it a left halfback. But if you have a person on the very touchline, that lane inside of that is usually left wide open because you're only going to put one fullback out there. I've heard coaches scream, I'm not worried about him. It's like, okay, well, you better be. <laughs> okay, you better be. And uh, um, anyway, that's something I got out of the uh, LHSAA clinics. And I appreciate Coach Eric Held, who's been on the show, um, uh, doing his doing this, especially right after his father died. You know, he's, he's still dealing with that. Uh, but he, he put this all together, Louisiana High School Coaches Association, and it was well, well, well done. So uh, bravo to the LHSAA for that and for trying to just be positive, okay? Uh, uh, Eddie Bonin has been on WWL now, our local radio station, two times in the last month. And uh, I think he's going to let the governor take the hit for canceling football. And uh, I tell you what, the governor does not want to do that, but uh, we're going to Remains to be seen if we can play football uh, in a phase two environment. I, I don't see that coming. And, and and you can listen to our previous shows of how that's going to imply with soccer. So we're still all in this waiting game. It's driving me nuts. Uh, but we can't do anything. You can't control things you can't control. So that's where we're at right now on uh, this week on Monday Night Football. Your voice for youth soccer. Uh, hopefully next week uh, we'll have a little bit more for you. Uh, hopefully we'll have Coach Kenny on the show next week and um, and ask him about the college game and and uh, how hard it is for uh, males uh, to get scholarships. All right? Uh, Carpe diem in Christ, everybody. God bless you and your family. And uh, hopefully we'll see you next week on Monday Night Football. Bye-bye.